right before he was going to uh, go to the cross, he had a dinner with his disciples. They call it the Last Supper. And of course, the old joke is, you know, what did Jesus say at the Last Supper? Well, he told all of his disciples, if you want to get in on the picture, guys, you better get on this side of the table. No, (laughs) bad joke. Sorry. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. Hey everyone, I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 32 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Newsbomb Transportation. This week, Newsbomb chaplain Jim Ravel finishes up his summer series on Who is Jesus Christ? If you've missed the first two segments of this three-part series, you can listen to episodes 26 and 29 to get caught up. Now, as a reminder, conversation and interaction with Jim and Corporate Chaplains of America is strictly permission-based. And through this series, Jim has been talking about his beliefs in Jesus Christ. While we would love for you to listen uh, to what Jim has to say, we do want to do so with your permission. So continue or don't as you'd like. If you do want to discuss this series or anything else with Jim, he's available to all of our Newsbomb family 24-7. And you can find his contact info in the show notes of this episode at TerminalExchange.com. I know Jim really loves interacting with people, and he would love to talk with you personally, no matter where you're coming from in your faith or your beliefs. And now, with the third and final episode of this series, Who is Jesus Christ? Here is Jim Ravel. Hello, everyone. Uh, Jim Ravel here, chaplain at Newsbomb Transportation. And I'm with, of course, Corporate Chaplains of America. We're here to serve you in a variety of capacities to just kind of hang along and come alongside you in life. And uh, we've been doing a summer series. This is the third of three installments. And I just want to give you a little uh, warning or kind of a the Major League Baseball uh, disclaimer, actually. Uh, it's the idea that this is a faith discussion, so we'd welcome you. Uh, you know, perhaps you are deeply uh, a, a deep follower of Jesus Christ, or you're, you count yourself as a Christian, or perhaps you're from another faith, or perhaps you struggle with faith. Maybe you're an agnostic or an atheist. We welcome you to listen through. I'd love to be able to dialogue with uh, those who would have any level of feedback of saying, hey, that was a good point, or hey, I, I don't understand that, or I've got an alternative thought I'd like to uh, have, you know, so I, I'd like to share it with you, and I'm, I'm totally open to those kinds of discussions. But what, what I'm talking about is a topic that we started in June, and now uh, we're coming up to this last installment. It's a, a series called, Who is Jesus?, and um, there was a passage of scripture that I'd like to throw out on the table, and it kind of is the basis of what I what I was talking about. So it comes from Paul's letter to a church in Philippi, which is the first city that he came to in Europe as he was kind of as Christianity was expanding, and he wrote this to those who were faith followers, followers of Jesus Christ. He said, "This don't look out only for your own interests." but take an interest in others too, which I think is interesting because it advocates both caring for ourselves 
as well as thinking of others. And I think a lot of times, well, I think it's either one, we sort of get stretched either direction to say, well, it's all or nothing. We only think of ourselves and put ourselves first, or we think that serving and sacrifice is sacrificing is not thinking of ourselves. So then it goes on to say, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, meaning that he didn't cease to be God. So I'm, this is my comment on this. He didn't cease to be God, but he gave up his rights as God. That's, that's how it, I would say that. And he took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So it talks about that. And, and I think the kingpin, of, of course, in the Christian faith is not only the cross, but the fact that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. But so we mentioned three things. We mentioned that he came as God. He is, he, he became, he, he is God. He became human. And I say became because he's still human. And then I want to talk about the tone that he came with. So in this whole idea, um, so you got to listen to my other podcasts, the other two, so you can kind of scroll back and find those. But the first one, we talked about God, and you're going to have to hear the story of the stacks of paper and how large our galaxy is, and then garden peas and how many galaxies there are. And when you take that in view of God, the idea is, are you kidding me? You're saying a human being was God? He is God. And so that's what we're asserting. But then he became human, uh, which is that he came to identify with the world and came to this planet and came identifying with us for forever, not just for 33 and a half years. So that's kind of a stunning thing. But here's the question I have on the table today. What tone did he come in? If you, were, if you had all power, if you were not accountable to anyone, in other words, there's nobody above you, and you truly did have all options, and you knew everything. Uh, in fact, whenever we come into a room or we leave a room or have an encounter with someone, there's kind of what I'd call a tone or a, a, something that we leave as a residue of kind of our personality and how we approach things. And some people are very uh, amenable or they, they're good team players. Other people are very in your face and strong. Other people's, uh, t- people tend to back off a little bit. But how, would, how did Jesus Christ come to this planet? And the third thing that I'm asserting is he came as a servant. He came as a servant. Now, I, I think it's really amazing that uh, I mean, some of you may have seen the show Undercover Boss, you know, this, the, one of the upper, upper the ups in a company comes and they, they put on dopey looking mustaches and weird toupees or whatever. And I'm like, are you serious? Do you mean the employees don't recognize these people? <laughs> but I don't know, somehow they, I, and some people say, well, that's a fake show. Well, but the idea is that you come to identify sort of with the workers, you find out what's happening, is there things that can improve, is there ways, of course, now let me just say this, if God's coming to the planet, he's not seeking information because he already knows everything. But the idea is they identify with their world and they try to somehow upgrade the level of their world. But the challenge is usually it's only a few employees that get it and it's only a limited amount of time. But what we're saying is God came to address us forever. And he came as a servant. Now, if I had all power, I would probably want to rent a stadium, 
get some lights, maybe create a throne to say, hey, I'm God, I'm showing up, I'm in charge. But that's not he, how, what he did. He came really what I would call stealth. In fact, they ran out of hotel rooms in the town he went to, and he was born in the back room in, in a manger area or an animal area where they stored animals. He came as a human. And when I think of the, the, the posture that he came with, he came to serve. And so here's the takeout on this. The attitude that Jesus had, it doesn't even say try to mimic that. It says let his attitude be in you. As a follower of Christ, we believe that his very power gives us the ability to have his attitude come through us. So what is that attitude? Well, let me give you a couple examples in the Bible. One is something Jesus didn't do, and the other one is something he did do. Um, Can you imagine when he stood before Pilate? Pilate thought he was in charge. He's nearing the exit. He's rent, you know they're asking him to render a decision on Jesus's death as a Roman authority. This he thought he had a lot of authority. What he did not know, <laughs> he had God standing in front of him who had all power. Now, Pilate is asking questions of Jesus, but Jesus in that moment even talked of in his crucifixion. He talked about the idea that you know I could call. 10,000 times 10,000 angels. I could get my goons on this deal, and we could work this out very quickly in the sense that he had power. But what he did not do is he did not exert his power in a way that uh, was, that somehow uh, showed who he was in kind of a display of, of, uh, of brute force. And then you look at what he did do. Right before he was going to uh, go to the cross, he had a dinner with his disciples. They call it the Last Supper. And, of course, the old joke is, you know, what did Jesus say at the Last Supper? Well, he told all of his disciples, if you want to get in on the picture, guys, you better get on this side of the table. No, that, <laughs> bad joke, sorry. All right. But, okay, so let's go back. Here's what the Bible says. Um, Jesus knew that the Father, now, think about this. So what are you going to do with your power? He didn't use it against Pilate, but it, what did he do with the disciples? It said, Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything. So if you're in charge, what are you going to do? And that he had come from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, he set aside his robe, and he put on an apron. Then he poured water in a basin, and he began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with an apron. Do you know how humiliating that kind of job would be? Do you understand that was usually rendered for the kind of the lowest person, quote-unquote, on the totem pole, as they would say, or the lowest one in the rung of the ladder? But Jesus himself, who had all power, got up and washed feet. And that is the model. And it's not just a vague thing for humanity, but for each one of us, this idea of refreshing and bringing something to us that, can you imagine, God came to serve us, and it's from that resource. In other words, that's like the battery in the, in the flashlight that makes it shine. That's the gas in the tank that makes it run. That is the power that gives us the ability to serve, is the fact that, that, that God has come in a way, and his tone, and his tone is continual. In other words, God doesn't have moods. He's, he's, he never changes, which for us, that's bad news because we get stuck in our bad ways. God is resplendent with perfection, meaning that his motives are right, his thoughts are right, his, 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 everything about him is right, so he doesn't have to change. He can't improve. 
And from that, he took all of that and he served us. I was reading a scripture, and, and when I read this this morning, um, it, I thought of Jesus. And it's in the Old Testament. It's a proverb. It's a Jewish proverb. It says, the person that is slow to anger is better than the powerful, in this version, and better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Now, I want you to think about something here. It doesn't say that we don't have anger. In fact, if you, have, if you don't have anger, you don't have love. Because love, there's an emotion that's in anger. It doesn't say you're, you're not angry. It says you're slow to it. So that means that Jesus was one under control. He was very angry when he went into the temple because he was passionate, not about himself. But he was passionate about a relationship with us. And so anger demands, or love demands anger. There's feelings, in it, deep feelings, but they're slow, and it's controlled, and it's directed. And it's very similar to, in the Bible to a word called meekness. And, and meekness is the idea of training a horse. You have this amazing, powerful, great stallion. But if it's not brought under control to the gentle touch of a master, it's useless as far as being effective as a, you know, being able to use as a horse can optimize its purpose. And so what we're saying here, we as people, apart from the power of God, we are all over the place and we don't have the power to even run our own lives apart from God. But the one who ran things perfectly, he was slow to anger. But Jesus, you see him angry because he had passionate love for every human. He was able to restrain himself in front of Pilate, but then he took his actions and he served and he went to the cross and he, he did for us what we don't deserve. It's, it's the most amazing picture. And so, and I would use the term gentleness, that who's a really gentle person? I, this weekend, I was at a wedding, and it was ungodly hot. The temperature was 99. The heat index was 115. I had done the premarital coaching for the couple, but fortunately, I didn't have to dress up in a suit. It was an outdoor wedding, and another pastor friend of mine did the wedding. But I saw something that really struck me. This beautiful bride, and they did their own vows. They shared their own vows. And he's a man of about three words. And what happened with him, he did his, his little speech, and then she shared. And she had tears coming down her eyes. And he's a big dude with construction fingers and these stumpy-looking large hands. And she's got tears coming down her eyes. And all of that strength, he reached out. with He, fought, he got a little a cloth or a hanky a handkerchief that one of the girls had, and he's tenderly wiping the tears off of her eyes as she's sharing her vows with him. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, here you have, here you have this guy with all this brute strength, and what do we admire about it? He's got strength, but he's being gentle. And this is the message of Jesus Christ, is he came in the tone of a servant. He was God. He was man. He became man, and he came as a servant. I want to give... A little shout out to Wayne McPherson, who I saw a post on Facebook, a New Spam uh, Facebook page, and he talked about the tone of how even as we walk, you know, as you're driving. I, I love this post, and so I wrote this down. It's a, it's a little thing that he put on. It says, tip your server, return your shopping cart, pick up a piece of trash, hold the door for some, the person behind you, let someone in your lane and then the bottom line says, small acts have a ripple effect. That's how we change the world. Where did all that start? The ripple effect started with the tone of Jesus Christ. It ripples into our heart. It ripples out. And we change 
the world one act at a time because we, we respond to him. So that is it. That is my three-part installment. Let me remind you that I do have, uh, I'm available 24-7. If you want to give me a call, it's 1-877-322-CHAP. That's uh, 1-877-322-2427. And my extension number is 5017. Or you can email me at jrevelle, J-R-E-V-E-L-L-E, at chaplain.org. I would love to connect. Hey, have a great rest of the summer and drive safely. Thank you. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of NewsBomb Transportation. NewsBomb is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on NewsBomb's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to newsbomb.com or newsbombjobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.